Like your authentic, what you think you bring in as your authentic self is really like a performative act, especially when it comes around blackness. It's like, I'm gonna wear my links, I'm gonna wear my do-rag, I'm gonna wear my tins, because this is how it is. And it's like, is that how it is or is that how you think it should be? Because, you know, for whatever reason growing up, you were told that, you know, you weren't X enough. So you gotta, oh, you, you, you're over pivoting, <laughs> you, you, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, not saying it's everybody, but you know, it's there. And that's a conversation that needs to have. So it's like, you know, the more we can, um, especially us as men, it's like go back into communities and talk to people and to bring people up and to let them know, hey, this is the path. You know what I mean? A lot of us didn't get that. And it's just that to let them know, like, you know, it's okay. Like, you know, you can be casual. You can wear your, you know, get your Rick Ross beard and, you know, you can still work at a tech company, bro. That was a clip from today's episode. I really hope you're enjoying it so far. Before we get into the full episode, just want to give a big shout out to you all for listening. Just want to say thank you and welcome to the Quien Dueres podcast brought to you by Plural. Today on Quien Dueres, we have a very special guest, my man, Corey. Corey is a tech and marketing professional who's passionate about inspiring his community through mentorship, art, and media. Now, it's funny. I don't necessarily consider Corey a mentor, but I do consider him an OG. Yeah, I said OG, and we're talking about, <laughs> he's my, I, I think of Corey as my OG at work, at Facebook, where we both work. He's given me some incredible advice that if I didn't have it, I don't think I would be where I am right now. I would have honestly quit my current job within the first few months if it wasn't for Corey. So we definitely get into that. Uh, we get into a whole lot of different things and I want to get into the episode, but one thing that I also should mention is that Corey's the second guest that does not identify as Latinx, Latino, or Latina, not even Hispanic. Corey's family is actually of Jamaican descent. And you're probably wondering, well, Pavel, I thought this was a platform for Latinx stories. I thought we were sharing stories within our community. Well, yes, most of them are, but I do think it's important to have conversations with people that don't self-identify as Latinx because it's important to see those commonalities across communities, but also it's an opportunity to learn from each other. And with that said, I'm really excited to share this with you all. Enjoy. Uh, let's start with authenticity though, man. Like it's something that even at work, like we hear so often, be your authentic self. Like our family tells us, our friends tell us, but when you hear that phrase, like what, what comes to mind for you? Yeah. Like, um, I think I think that's an interesting comment or interesting like quote, right? Like be your authentic self. I think for me personally, it just means to bring your best self to the table that you're able to feel comfortable with, right? And um, I think the last part is super important, like the comfortability. It's like what part of you that you can bring to this situation where you're going to feel comfortable, right? And um, I think some of the conversations we've had and people have had, it's just, I don't think it means to bring yourself 100%, right? So if you're with your, you know, your grandmother, your aunt or, or anything like that, any type of family member that you're with, like, you know, there's a certain, you know, there's a certain like, I don't say like barrier or wall that you have, but you're still comfortable, right? Like you know how to show up to a family function, uh, but still be comfortable as, as well. So when I, when I hear authentic self in terms of like a workplace, I always thought of it as like, you know, somewhere around that, you know? That's so interesting. You mentioned your best self, but like, <laughs> and you mentioned like family gatherings. I'm assuming that's, that's how it starts for most of us, right? Like in, in the, in the family household growing up, like for example, my grandfather, when he would mention his best self, he would always tell me, like, I, I remember this vividly. I, I, I would want to wear a do-rag outside. <laughs> And he would always tell me, do you see presidents wearing do-rags? Do you see CEOs wearing do-rags? No. So you shouldn't wear it, right? But like our best self is always, is often like taught from a very early age. Like what is, what is that? What comes to mind when you hear like your best self? Like, do you hear your mom telling you something like? <laughs> is it, if you only want to hear all the stuff my mom told me, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like do-rag? Like, nah, man, that's, that's, that's not happening. Even like, um... Yo, because even like back in the day when people were in like baggy clothes, I remember being a kid and it's just like, I never had baggy clothes. So I'll try to sack tight pants 
And if you ever try to sack tight pants, man, it joint is like it looks terrible. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But it's like, yo, my mom caught me like that. Yo, it's like, yo, what the hell are you doing? You know what I'm saying? And she always wanted me to wear my pants like right up the end and like that. So there was always this thing of just about being like presentable and um, you know, representing yourself, your family, you know, where your family comes from, everything like that. That was, you know, so important to um to her and um just my family in general. So it's just like you know, this concept have never been anything new. It's always something that I was cognizant of, right? And even um, when we talk about certain stuff like the Central Park Five and like uh, there's a documentary on HBO by Yusuf Hawkins. And you know, there's always this stigma of just like understanding of just being a, you know, a black male out here, especially in New York, growing up in New York at this time. And it's just like, you know, you have to be careful. You know what I mean? And like, even like the hoodie, I'm wearing a hoodie now, but it's just so funny. It's ironic because when I first started working on Facebook, it was like, that was the thing. Like, Mark wears a hoodie, everybody wears a hoodie. And then even before Trayvon Martin, it's just like, there was always this stigma of just like, you know, being a black male wearing a hoodie because, you know, you know what that comes with. You know what I'm saying? Like, not saying it's right, but you always know what that comes with. And like, you know, sometimes parents can be overprotective and whatnot and everything like that. And just, it's just about navigating, right? So when we talk about authentic self, not bringing your authentic self, you know, from the jump, growing up, you always knew around family, friends, or whatnot. It's just say you had to know how to navigate depending on your situation and where you were, where you were at. Bro, that's that's so real. Um, especially the part you mentioned about yo, you're not only representing yourself, but your mom's like, yo, you're representing this family. <laughs> you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So like what you do is going to impact everybody, man. And that's so interesting, man, because, you know, that's another similarity that we have about growing up in New York City. I mean, what you wear and how you present yourself has such a huge implication on even like your interaction with law enforcement. Right. I mean, you remember stopping first back in the day? Yeah. Like, yeah. if you I mean, let's be honest, like if you were rocking a suit versus you rocking a hoodie, you, your chances to get stopped at first are way higher with the hoodie. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's a that's a that's a delicate delicate subject. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, it's um it's one people aren't you know, a, real, a conversation a lot of people aren't willing to have, right? And because number one, it's like you know, discrimination doesn't matter, you know what what you wear or who you are or what your you know your socioeconomic status is at all, right? But there's always this thing of just creating a a characterization, right? of what the criminality looks like, right? And the more, unfortunately, if you fit that, people are automatically going to assume, you know what I mean? So, and it's 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 weird because it's always, it's always a delicate thing. Cause you know, like back in the day during the time people always talk about like respectability politics, right? And saying that respectability politics isn't going to save you, right? So it's like, I try to like, it's a delicate um, conversation to have, but it's also at the same time, it's like certain people know that like, again, not saying that we should lean into respectability politics, but at the same time, it's just like behind closed doors, like those conversations happen. And it's like, it's not to say that it's going to um, shield you from, you know, discrimination or anything like that. But it's just like knowing that the way the system works is that they like to target create a characterization of what criminality looks like and to go after that. And sometimes it's like, we try to pivot the other way to make sure that we're trying to show our humanity in a way. And it plays into this narrative when you do see people who are just, you know, dressed more into a professional way, being treated differently, right? Than those, you know, how we kind of like grow up dressing and acting and stuff like that. And you see that difference. You know, and I never thought about it like this until we're having this conversation now, but for so for so long, like we've been trained to believe that how we dress is not professional, right? Like our moms telling us to, uh, what are you wearing a t-shirt to church? You know what I mean? Like, you know, put, put something on. Not only that, but like growing up in New York City, like you get stopped by the cops for wearing a hoodie and then you yeah. grow up and then you work for a company like Facebook and you're like, hold the fuck up. You're telling me what I've been deemed as like unprofessional and threatening 
the CEO is wearing? Like, how the fuck does he get away with that shit? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> and like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, that was the craziest thing for me. It was that, right? And then it's like, you know, and it's also, it's like, you know, there's a, just a lot to it because it's like, you know, I'm not trying to sag my tight ass pants anymore. You know, I'm wearing a hoodie. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I'm more comfortable about the way I dress, but the casual nature of it it's just like really interesting and then like it's funny looking at you and your beard because you know I always mind your beard you know what i'm saying you know for no funny business but it's just like i remember somebody told me it's like yo i could tell you don't work at like some whatever company or finance i'm like how do you know because you have a beard i'm like what that's a big thing and it's like if you think of respected or whatever like how the terms of like how we have to carry ourselves Yo, dudes in finance, it's like a hundred times. It's that times a hundred. Like the way they have to dress, the way they have to show up, everything like that. It's nothing like how we do, or even like the conversations we hear from parents about like, you know, how to keep yourself presentable. They're on that on times like a hundred. It's crazy. Talk about when you first started working though, in, you know, quote unquote, corporate America. Like, what was that like as far as you know, your upbringing, what your your mom taught you about professionalism and like how to present yourself. You're growing up in New York City and then you are in corporate America. Like, what was that like for you? Yeah, so it was, um, well, I'll never forget my first internship. Like, I had my cornrows, right? What? And, you had cornrows? Um, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. It was, I was, I was eight, I was, I was, again, I was rebelling. I was 18. I had a big fake, uh, we call it fake earring. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yo, I'm like, yo, I am grown. I'm going to do what I want to do, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I think that was the most interesting time because it was like um, I had, first of all, I didn't have a lot of money, so my cornrows were growing. So I had like a cornrow fro, you know what I'm saying? And I was just not like, it's one thing to have cornrows and another thing to like them drink to be kind of like mad dusty and everything like that. And I'm just like, yo, I was not presenting myself in the way that, you know, I, that I know I could be presenting to myself in the best way, considering the environment I was in. And then I never forget, I went to, um, I went to the NBA store and I was just hanging out there and, a, you know, a lady comes up to me and she was asking me, she was like, yeah, you know where this, that and the other stuff is. And I was like, no, I don't. And she's like, well, you should. I'm like, what? Why should I Why should I know where the stuff is? She's like, you work here, don't you? And I was like, no, I'm on my lunch break. I was like, we're, we're at a firm. And I was like, down the street. Like, what are you talking about? And she just like ran away. And I was just like, yo, what the hell was that, man? <laughs> and then it's like, yo, it was then, that was like the first introduction into like, I mean, I understand people's perception, but just like, putting on like a button down and like loafers is and like being around midtown it was just like a completely different thing and it's like nobody expected that i was working in the office building no matter what my lunch break people kept coming up to me and like asking me for help a thing that just happened all the time people just always asked me right and then it became something about cognitive dissonance just understandings i like oh no matter who i am at all or what I'm doing, people are going to have a certain perception of you, depending on how you present yourself. And then it just reinforced a lot of things that happened to me when I was younger, stuff I heard and everything like that. And I started to be like real cognizant of that and everything like that. And then I just became, you know, not because I was hiding my identity, but just understanding of just like where I was working, what I was doing, that, you know, I had to just be and careful of that in many ways and just also just like you know I had a dusty cornrow fro right so I had to cut that shit off <laughs> like number one right and take out like the fake Cuban zirconium earring and like make sure that you know my pants were ironed because my mother my mother didn't see me if she saw me she would be like she would wild out man <laughs> bro the Cuban zirconium bro oh my god <laughs> So big and so fat. Yo, I can't even tell you. The stuff I had on, a lot of people around me had on was like so fake and everybody knew it was fake. Everybody knew it was fake, but we all thought it was hot because we got on Canal Street. Like, it was just like ridiculous. Oh, 100%. You know what's crazy? Like, 
you know, you know, in conversations in conversations and me talking to people about like bringing your authentic self, uh, like work is such an easy thing to, to record, to like call out because typically they're, you know, it's majority white, but like I was faking it even in high school, bro. I had the fake Pradas on, had the fake Gucci's. Oh, you know, Prada, you could wear with anything, right? You could wear with a suit. Oh yeah. To the club, like they'll let you in the places with those products. Then you can wear those product joints anywhere, anywhere. Bro. Those are probably the <laughs> most underrated sneakers of all time. Those, yeah. Anywhere. Yo, anywhere. Mm-hmm. Anywhere. Until, yeah. But it's crazy, right? But, like, I was faking it even in high school when I was surrounded by people that looked like me because I didn't want them to see me as poor. You know what I mean? Like, and not fly, et cetera. But it's so interesting. It's so interesting the point you mentioned about. Because in a sense, like, you know, you're going into that first job and in a sense, like, you're forced to suppress who you are. Right. Because, um, you know, that's not how you dress on the regular. Right. Like, you're not rocking loafers and slacks and all that. But even when you do try to fit in and fit into like what professionalism looks like to them, people are still going to judge you. People are still going to look at you and be like, you don't even belong here, bro. Like, what are you doing? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And what what was that? What was that like at work? Um, Like, what was the makeup of of the company? Like your first first job? Like, were you the only um, person of color there as well? uh yeah for the most part yeah yeah and it's like yeah 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 i mean like yeah yeah and like you know other than you know you have the people in the mail room and whatnot and um you know that was you know you see the right when it's when it's like certain professions is like very much skewed people of color and then the other people that work in like it's not and then you know it's like it's like, oh, damn, you know? And they kind of already know that, but it's just still like when, it, when you grow up in around a lot of different types of people, but then when you start to work, you, and also it's like, I think there's a lot of self-segregation that happens when you're in school, right? Especially if you, you go to school that's very multicultural, like certain people are gonna, you know, compartmentalize themselves into like certain groups. But then when you go to work, it's like you're forced, everyone's if they're on a certain team. So, you know, you may be around people that, you know, probably never ran in, run into each other and be literally like not too far from each other, grow up a couple of blocks or in the same city or, or whatnot or anything like that. And it like, you know, it'd be, it's an interesting science experiment. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's just like to just observe is very interesting. And like, that's one of the things I try to be intellectually curious and just, you know, observe my surroundings. Just like, you know, learn to observe your surroundings. So it's one of those things you just always learn. And it's like, okay, when you see, you know, someone like me and, you know, I'm not in the mailroom or any other, uh, some of the facility positions, so like, does that change your perception of me? How do you think about me? Do I have to prove myself more? You know, all, the, all these other things start to come up. And you start to think about, okay, how are people viewing me, this and other stuff. But I think you said something that's very interesting that we don't talk about a lot. And um, you said, you know, when you're growing up and you're around more people who look like you, doesn't mean you're naturally being your authentic self. And when we had these conversations, I was like, what people talk about, I'm like, yo, I've been, you know, switching who I am since I was out the womb. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's just like, so doing it in a corporate environment to me is nothing new <laughs> you know what i'm saying it's nothing new because talk about the products man i remember not having jordans forever my mom would not buy me jordans forever you know what i'm saying i remember it's 140 dollars a pair it's not happening you get one pair of sneaker for the whole year and then i finally got i bought a used pair off, off of a dude and it was space jams never forgot that gym. man i wore them joints out and um but then also at the same time, it's like, you know, that really wasn't me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I couldn't fake it. You know what I'm saying? And you know how you know you can't fake it when you try to be like, you know, you try to, you know, you try to be fly and everything with clothes. Like women, girls know. They know. It's like, yo, you just, you ain't that fly all the time. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> did you get you got called you got called out for it like when did you realize like that wasn't you like when did you realize you started faking it um it just wasn't it just didn't you know 
it just didn't, it, it just, you know, it just feels right. You know what I mean? Certain things just feel right. It's just like, I can't keep up. It's like, yo, I, I can talk to you about trends. Like, you know, I just can't keep up with the trends. And it's just like, people are like, oh, you got to get this. You got to get the jersey. You know what I'm saying? I'm going way back. You got to get the jersey. You got to get the dickies. You know what I'm saying? You got to get, you know, um, the Avrex. You got to get, uh, you know, Jeff Hamilton. You know, like, you, it's, it keeps happening one over one. And it's just like, well, nobody's going to talk to you if you ain't got this. Nobody's going to talk to you if you ain't got that. It's just like, yo, I don't care about these things. And like, first of all, it's expensive as hell. <laughs> Second of all, it's like, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm focusing on other things, you know what I mean? And it's like, though, when you focus on fitting in, you're not focusing on yourself. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. One thing that's open important to me is about focusing on myself and what are the things I want to do, right? Like we wouldn't be talking to each other right now if I wasn't focusing on myself and focus on my own personal growth. So, yeah. Talk, talk to me about that, a little bit about that personal growth because like I didn't, I don't know the the <laughs> I don't know the, the Trey songs Corey with cornrows back in the day. Like I I didn't know that dude, but I know I know the Corey now, man. The Corey now is um, all about building community. I mean, inspirational to me in so many ways. But like in a lot of ways, like you know, I, <laughs> I we can get into this as well. But like at work, right? Like there's you know there's the circles where it's just our team, where it's just like multicultural let's call it but I still you know where it's white people and and black people as well but I still see you being yourself on some level but then there's the Corey where it's just like surrounded by black people and that's like another version of yourself but to some extent like you just seem like very comfortable in any circle so yeah how did you get from that Corey that was like faking it for so long to like the Corey that you are now like what what inspired you to to take that journey yeah it's Man, that's an interesting question. Um, well, I was always known for being myself, right? So I was, I was always known for just kind of being like, you know, outside the. I don't say outside the box. Outside the box is like, you know, I wasn't wearing like leather coats, you know, like long trench coats with like, uh, with like dark glasses look like the dude from the professional. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't gothic or nothing like that, you know what I'm saying? But I was just myself. I was like, you know, I was loud, I was brash. And, um, but there was a thing where it's like, in New York, you also got to play, you got to play the dozens, you know what I'm saying? Everybody's snapping on each other or or people call cutting now or something, whatever they call it. But it's just like, you know, you just got to be quick because you, you, again, if you're not coming with the Jordans, you're not coming with the gear, as they call back in the day, like, you know what I'm saying? So you just got to, on your feet and on your toes. So it's like <clears throat> when you're yourself and you're able to do that, you know, you kind of build up this like resistance or this a certain amount of skin of just like, yo, I can kind of walk into anywhere. But at the same time, that observation part is knowing that, you know, okay, this is how everybody's kind of doing things and this is who I am. And it's just like, can I fit in here? Can I fit in there? You know what I mean? And it's just like when you're in a close environment, like you're in school or something like that in a very close environment. It's just like, you know, you got to interact with people every day. It's like, <laughs> you don't have that space in order to just all the time to just like be very pensive and just like think and like do your own thing. Cause you're literally running to people every day and you're running into, you're running into circles every day. It was, Oh, you got this circle, that circle, that circle. So while I was always known for like, you know, just being whatever, it's just like, you're still influenced by your environment. That's why we talk about nature and nurture and talk about from a scientific standpoint um, about uh, like evolution and whatnot. It's just like, there's nothing like that. Then just think about yourself, how you were in school. And then when you you have, you know, opportunity to just, you know, kind of choose your own path and do your own thing. It's just like, for that, for everybody, the transformation is completely different. Right. So those seeds and who I was was always there. It's just that, you know, once I got, you know, my own money, (laughs) <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's just like, I'm going to live where I want to live. I'm going to eat what I want to eat. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to do whatever. It's like, you start to find different circles of things. You just start to, you know, just become yourself um, very differently. And then also, people kind of change, right? Because if you think about it, like, think about where we work, right? And like, how you had to get there. It's like, you're around a lot, of, I don't mean it's in a bad way, but you're kind of around a lot of nerds. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's not like it's 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 not like before where you're around you know certain type of people or whatnot and everything like that. You had to you know you had to navigate and everything like that. You know everybody's kind of like a nerd in their own way and everything like that. So it's like there there, there is no cool kids. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's just like yo, just be yourself, man. There's no everyone has has a certain similar experience where they had to come up in order to get to this place and we either quirky or had like you know some type of interest or whatnot that probably wasn't you know the coolest best thing in the world but you know they got to where they had to get and um i think that's a shared experience with everybody you know what i mean and um also there's certain things i'm probably because you know you you've wrote about it and whatnot there's certain things you have like a whole bunch of types of interests, right? And it's just like you never know of other people, you know, other interests that they have. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like there's so many ways to connect with people. Um, if you just think about being yourself and not again, you know, the sagging tight jeans version of me. Like, you know, I was in Bro, that's so interesting too, because so many people when they think about being their authentic selves, they think about only appearance. Um, and people only think about the way that they dress or the way that they, you know, do their hair or their, or their makeup, et cetera. But I mean, when I think about myself, like part of my authenticity is that I'm outspoken, is that I'm very curious, is that I love um, telling stories. And I think what I'm hearing is from you is like, yo, part of my authenticity is that I'm a quirky dude. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a nerd and maybe potentially like what made you feel comfortable is being surrounded by people that you know, not necessarily look like you, but maybe think like you. And you're like, oh shit, like I could be a nerd finally. Cause growing up, like dudes that got A's in class, like that wasn't cool. Like the dude that was getting F's, but had the Pradas on, that was the fly yeah. dude, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, and I think it's like, it's to me it's like small things, right? It's like, yo, once I find out other people like Dragon Ball Z, like there's certain people like, I, like, yeah. I wanna talk about, I be like, yo, yeah. we'll talk about like Inuyasha, like some like real, or. I mean, you guys not back alley like anime type stuff. I get like really deep in some like certain things, and it's just like you really surprise people's eyes open up. You just have these crazy conversations about stuff. You just like, yo, this that, and the other stuff. You know what I mean? You start going into some you know other things, or even like you know, especially uh, whether it's with computers or whatnot. Even just like because one of the things is you know I like to be intellectually curious. You know what I'm saying? That's and I think I said. That's my thing. So it's like I can learn from you, and then you're around an environment of people who are willing to listen, right, and learn as well. Like those are the best environments that you're in because it's like I think having cross learning and always being your better self. I'm saying there's nothing better than that. Like to me, the worst thing is to be stagnant, right? Like if I'm in a room and like you know I think we've all been in these rooms before, and it's like y'all talking about the same shit every day. That's the shit I can't stand. We're talking about the same shit fucking every fucking day, be. I can't, I, I need, I need to learn other shit. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, when people are like, you know, talking about like real estate investment, you know, we've talked about that and, and like all the things that they're doing, whether it's options trading here, then we're talking about like gardening here and people talking about design, you know what I mean? Cause I like, I try to get in design a little bit and everything like that. You know what I mean? There's so many different things to learn and to be around people and to, you know, to glean from them. And so it's like, that type of openness and environment where you're around people like that is really dope because you get to pick up a lot of stuff. hundred percent, bro. Yeah. That's, that's really dope, man. I mean, I'm sure that that has such an impact on like how you live your life moving forward as well. Cause you, in a sense, found a community where you can be yourself. And I know that you do a lot of community building, even at work. Um, and I'm going to be honest with you, man. Like, I don't even think I told you this, but like you have single-handedly saved my career at Facebook. Like, cause I, Bro, I'm 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 dead ass. Like I remember my first year, I was gonna quit. Um, probably like I don't know, six months into it, I was having a really tough time, and uh, it wasn't until I legit I went to Black Leadership Day, which I wasn't even gonna go to, um, because for years I didn't self-identify as black. I've always, I mean, growing up, like no one told me. Well, growing up, I always say I was Dominican, right? But and I would tell people I was black. But they'll be like, man, you ain't black, you Dominican, right? But they didn't necessarily understand the like history behind like Dominicans and where they come from and 
mm-hmm. the fact that they're not just Spain, right? And they're a mix of Native Americans and Africans, right? So like you hear people tell you that you're not black for so long and then you just believe it. You're like, yeah, all right, well, I'm not black. I'm Dominican, right? But like me, I remember the, the opportunity to, to go to Black Leadership Day or Black Community Summit, what it's called now, came up. And uh, I was like, man, I'm not going to go. And uh, I was really having a hard time with just like identity at Facebook because I didn't see them be people that looked like me that were doing well. Um, so for you, bro, I'll never forget this line you told me, man. You said, don't let them divide us. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because I think often we try to put ourselves in this box, right? Just because I'm Latino means I can't be black, right? And vice versa. So, bro, me going to that event, you empowering me to go to that event, me going to that event, and then seeing so many people that look like me that aren't just working at Facebook, but are like VPs and they're fucking thriving at work, legit changed my life, man. I'm not even exaggerating. Um, so talk a little bit about that, man, just that community building aspect. And like, for you, like, what does that mean to just like be surrounded by people that look like you? What's the impact that it, like, it had on you? Man, first of all, like, Pavel, man, that's, um, I mean, that's, that's mad heavy, bro. That's mad heavy. And it's like, um, I know that's not an easy conversation. That's not, that's not an easy thing to say, you know, outright to people and everything like that. You know what I'm saying? So I want to say big up to you for that. And, you know, I appreciate that from, you know, the bottom of my heart. And it's just like, because you know what it is, man? It's like, I always call it the jeopardy effect. You know what I'm saying? It's like, not to get too deep, but it's just like, Growing up, anytime there's like a black person on Jeopardy, like, oh man, it's a black person on Jeopardy, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, you see, well, you're like, oh yeah, it is. I don't know, you know what I'm saying? I don't know, but it's like, yo, he's out here, he's on Jeopardy, you know what I'm saying? Or whatever, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's dope, you know what I mean? And it's like, me and my brothers, we would laugh every time, like, we would see like, like a random show, it'd be like a black guy in the background. And, and Ghostbusters is one of my favorite movies, but this is a scene um, when they first catch a ghost and in the background, and this is a black guy just standing there like, dude, he's the background guy. I got to show it to you. But it's really funny because it's like, you know, we kind of all see ourselves in each other in many different ways, right? And, um, you know, when I remember when you started, I was like, oh, shit. Hey, we got more us on the team and everything like that. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, you quiet though. You a mad quiet. You know what I'm saying and everything like that. And it's just like, yo, because like, yo, man, where you come from? You from you from New York? Like, what's you know what I'm saying? What's good? You know what I mean? And it's just like, um, you know, you just get hyped. It's like the Jeopardy thing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it's just like, um, I remember the conversations we had. I remember that conversation we had, and I was just like, oh, okay, I like I understand. And it's just like. Me being a historian, also, you know what I'm saying, my family's from the Caribbean, so it's like, you know, my family's from Jamaica, so it's like, there's a lot of things I understand, right? And I'm lucky enough culturally to, like, um, my parents and, like, my brothers, it's like, you know, we're, it's all about history, learning history, learning all these different things, right? So um, when we talk about identity, it's tough because, you know, like, as much as this, like, identity with being Black and being Latino, even, like, in the Caribbean communities, like, okay, like, okay, with Jamaicans, so I beef with um, Trinidadians or beef with Haitian people. And, like, everybody beefs with Haitian people, could Dominican, right? And all these other things, and you start to learn history and, like, why things became that the way that they are and why there's organizations and and uh, colonialism is was to do to divide and then it's like you know one of my heroes is you know marcus garvey you know and his thing was just about like uniting everybody right and i think that's very important to talk about because you know marcus garvey um when he first started doing what he was doing out of jamaica he first created the U- U- universal negro i mess it up anyway he did it in costa rica you know what i'm saying the first place he did in costa rica um i have because being you know my last name is french i have family all around the caribbean and whatnot and it's just like i understand there's not a singularity in everything you know what i'm saying it's not a singularity in the experience it's not a singularity in blackness but there is a singularity in unity right and that unity is strong and understanding that 
there's always been outside forces that have come together to stop that unity, right? And then once you learn history, you learn, you understand that the um, the occupation of Hispaniola, which is beyond the Dominican Republic, was done under the guise of U.S. imperialism, right? U.S. imperialism was in Cuba, right? I have family members that went through that. You know what I'm saying? And it's like U.S. imperialism also affected in Jamaica and like even now with sanctions on Venezuela. Like if you talk to people in the Caribbean, it's like Venezuela was giving oil to a lot of countries in the Caribbean. You know what I mean? And it's like um, Wyclef and... Uh, Fat Joe just had a podcast and they were talking. Wycliffe was talking about how, you know, Chavez, the former leader of, you know, Venezuela, was always big them up because, you know, understand Haiti's role in helping to, you know, help, help free Venezuela, right? So it's like, again, I'm not, I'm not gonna go on the podcast and talk about whether I support certain political leaders or whatnot. That's a whole other thing. But understanding that the history of would you get deep into history and understanding what it unity meant and how it was purposely certain things were created to divide us? You understand the power in unity and understanding self and understanding it's okay to have a multi ethnic or multi like whatever like cultural identity. That's okay. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying. We could all be multiple things. You know what I mean. But it's just um, that's what. You know why I am the way I just understand is that like we uh, we need to come together because it's like we're stronger together than we are apart. And then once you start to understand history, you understand why we were split together, why we were divided, and whatnot. Yeah. And like how even even in recent history, like I say, even in recent history, my whole family have people fracture and go to different places and stuff like that. We're not as divided as, as we think we are. And then if we remember in Black Community Summit, you have people from Brazil, you have people from APAC, you have people from everywhere and all telling a singular experience and all loving to, and coming together. And I think not just in a human sense, let's all come together, kumbaya, this and other stuff, but within our own culture because we have such a being divided, being multi-ethnic, you know, rape, torture, all types of stuff. Saying that, you know, it's important that we understand our trauma, we understand and, and we understand how to come together. Because I'm sorry if I'm taking a long time. The thing that upsets me the most is that, you know, you were able to over, you were able to learn and like grow in your identity and all that. The thing that upsets us is like, like what about, the people who don't, right? And it, and it's like, then you know, we're talking kind of like you know, cavalier and it's a joke about growing up and like you know, being in the trying to fit in, and it's just like not everybody makes it. <laughs> not everybody has the confidence in who they are to say that you know what, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be focused. I'm going to keep doing this. A lot of people are chasing the trends. You know what I'm saying? And they're chasing fitting in versus chasing being themselves. And this goes beyond, especially in our culture, beyond just the corporate America. Like, once you get to there, you're good. There's so many people that are not even getting there on a, you know, spiritual and mental level. They're already being corrupted. And when I talk about building communities, like, how do we get to them early? How do we get to them early to know that they're valued? How you get to them early to know that, hey, it's okay to be who you are. It's okay to have your complexion. It's okay to have your hair type. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, it's okay to, you know, you know how it is. I'm like, bro, man, man, we got all types of jokes and all types of stuff against each other, you know, whatnot and everything like that. But it's just like understanding how that's built on trauma and built on division. And, and built on, even I think also, people. oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I think I think the biggest thing is, is really fear, like whether it's like really early on or it's in corporate America when like you quote unquote have made it. I think it's all fear, right? Like we're we're fearful of not being accepted because at the end of the day, like, you know, biologically, we all want to be part of the group, whatever that group is. Right. Um, and like for me growing up, I remember it was like, you know, people used to ask me where I grew up and. Uh, <laughs> It was like if you didn't if you didn't live in a tough neighborhood, like you weren't cool. <laughs> like it, it, it's weird. Like I, I've always like grown up at a certain age, like I was I was ashamed to live in the projects. 
But then at a certain age, it was like cool to live in the projects because it was like a tough environment. But then like I had another stage where like I made it in corporate America and then I'm like back to being ashamed. And like, I don't know, it was just like this weird roller coaster of acceptance and shame around like who we are. But yeah, I mean, all of it, I mean, going back to the fake Pradas and trying to get the Jordans, like we were fear, like we had fear of being made fun of. We had fear of not being accepted by like, or getting girls, you know what I mean? Like uh, in corporate America, like we fake who we are because we're, we know that relationships and being part of a certain group gets you promoted, you know what I mean? So like, I think fear is is also another reason why, uh, why we do the things we do. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And the fear of not being accepted, (laughs) you know what I mean? And that acceptance changes and like, um, yeah, it's tough. That acceptance changes. And the thing about it is that like when you're growing up, it's so myopic, right? It's so like in your face, like this is what it takes to be accepted, right? But when you're in corporate America, it's like, well, it's, it, it becomes, it's a new environment that a lot of people aren't used to, you know what I mean? And it's just like, okay, what does it take to be accepted? And it's just like, there's acceptance on the face. It's like, hey, how you doing? How's everything going? There's, you know, okay, pat on the back. Then you know is is that your corporate voice? That's why okay, that's my Hey Papa, how you doing? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Everything's honky dory. Uh yeah, but it's like <laughs> then it's like okay, then after a while you start to learn the game. So it's like, oh that's just like that's just talk. Like am I getting the opportunities at work that everybody else is getting? That's a whole nother level, right? And then it's like you know, talk, talk to up, me about that. What do you What do you mean about those opportunities? Well, so you know, so it's there's there's a there's the there's the backroom game, right? So whether it's a project, right? Okay, who who gets nominated to be part of that project? Who gets nominated to be part of you know the cross office exchange where you go into a different office or whatnot, right? Who's being put up for promotions, right? Who's being, um, you know, given like, you know, whether it's like, you know, the stock options or this and all this stuff, there's a whole backroom game. That's not, that's not visible. If you don't know where to look, right. Or if you don't have the relationships and the people that are going to tell you what the game is, especially if you don't come from, that corporate America culture and know how to navigate. That's a whole nother thing, right? So the whole being accepted and, you know, and joking and having a beer with people, you know what I'm saying? That's just pacifism, you know what I mean? That's just pacifism to keep you pacified. But the real game is the backroom game and it's all about wealth and wealth building. And that's a whole nother conversation because that's not, that's not what we don't have. And then too much in the media, what I see, especially with, um, people of color, especially those of African descent, there's a whole game of just, you know, performative acceptance and, you know, being buddy-buddy with people and, like, you know, being at the sports game with someone or a red carpet or, you know, going to someone's fashion show or this and other stuff, you know, just celebrity culture or whatnot. But it's not about wealth building, right? Like, those who are really building wealth and, building what that they can pass on. It's a completely different conversation. And that's when you're you're not accepted. And so like some of the problems I have with, you know, authenticity and like acceptance and this and other stuff, you're just looking at it from a very, you know, superficial lens. You know what I'm saying? If we're not talking wealth building, if we're not talking um, you know, these backroom deals and like how people are getting opportunity, we're not having a real conversation. I think I think what you're alluding to as well, I mean, because, you know, not to your point, like we aren't just one dimensional and like you have more than one job essentially. Right. Like, I mean, you're, you're about to be a landlord, right? Like you're investing in real estate. And I think a lot of those like backroom deals is sort of like what you're talking about there. Cause there's a corporate America side and et cetera. But now like you're in a sense, an entrepreneur, right? Like you just invested in property. Like, are there certain things that with you being black man in New York, is, is that, is that make it more difficult or like, what, what is that experience like? yeah yeah and um and let me know if this happened to you because like you had to go through you have to go through a co-op board right so it's like like being able to have you know even just like a little bit of something in order to in order to 
you know, get a little something here and there. It's like there's so many other barriers than what people even that that people don't even talk about, right? So even like when I was house hunting and you know everything like that, it's just that um, I was the only black person there. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, are people going to take me seriously? You know what I mean? Like a lot of times, like certain people weren't taking me seriously or, or whatnot. And then it goes back to that time when I had the dusty corals. You know, I was in the store and like people are just expecting me to, you know, to help them out looking for, you know, a pair of shoes. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, that's not what I'm here for. You know what I'm saying? I'm here, I'm here to make moves just like you are. You know what I mean? And it's like, that's a whole different conversation because a lot of people are cool with, you know, the pity party. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're cool with, like, you know, the blind side. It's like, oh, but you need an opportunity? I'm going to help you out with an opportunity. Here's some, here's some M&Ms. I'm going to put you on the subway. You're going to sell these M&Ms and you're going to use that money and you're going to go get a nice, you know, <laughs> nice pair of loafers. <laughs> you, know, you know, tap dance those loafers and then you're going to get even more money from the tip you get from tap dancing. You know what I'm saying? It's a, No it's, music. It's a whole, no music. <laughs> no music. I'm going to put you on my story and I'm going to say, oh, look at these kids. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, there's that, but then it's like, nah, I'm, I'm really trying to, you know, I'm trying to make moves out here. You know what I mean? And um, ironically, I was, the only reason why I was able to, one of the only reasons I was able to get my place because the person that was selling it was black and wanted another black person to own. So why, again, community is important because it's, you know, we're all, we're all we got, you know what I'm saying? And the person didn't ask, you know, where I was from or where my family is from or where they're from. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, you're going to get shut out. Other people are going to shut you out and they're going to find ways to shut you out. So it's like, um, the one word that ugly word that people don't like is equality. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's one thing to be diverse or, you know, to have, you know, friends of color, but it's like, would you want to have an equal playing field? You know what I mean? And in terms of actually growing wealth, it's a completely different conversation. Bro, it's crazy because I went through a similar thing where I was, I mean, I'm 29 now. I think when I first started, I've been living in the in the apartment I'm living in now for like three years. But before I got this one, I was trying to buy another one. And again, it has to go through a co-op board. But I put in my application and I was fucking qualified. Let me tell you, you know what I mean? Like savings was stacked, um, all these things. I submit my application. And typically when you submit your application, if you're qualified, they invite you in for an interview with the co-op board. And yeah, they invite you for interview. Then they determine, all right, well, this person is going to be a good fit for the building, et cetera. Bro, I didn't even get invited for an interview and they didn't put this in writing, but my real estate agent told me, that because I was young and single and I'm assuming they didn't mention like my ethnicity or my culture, but pretty much just cause I was young and single, they thought I, I just bought the place and was going to throw like crazy parties in there or something like it was going to be project X. So, I mean, going back to your point around like people not taking me seriously, like I, I don't think it was directly, well, maybe it was part of the culture, right? Cause they think like, you know, we are more likely, we're all about like parties and fun and stuff like that. So maybe, but I think most of it was around just like people not taking me seriously because of my age. And like, I'm not supposed to be in that position because of my age. So I feel you, man. Um, and we only got, we only got like five minutes left, but no, I love that point as well. You mentioned around, that's why community is so important. Not only to build community, but to reach back and, you know, pull others along. Um, you have to, man. That's the, if I leave you with anything today, I know I said a lot of crazy shit, and <laughs> whatnot but it's like to me that is so important right because um a lot of people are insecure right and we talk about authentic authentic self right i think a lot of people especially in our culture we put on an act of this is how it's supposed to be like your authentic what you think you bring in as your authentic self is really like a performative act especially when it comes around blackness it's like I'm gonna wear my Lisa, I'm gonna wear my do-rag, I'm gonna wear my tins, because this is how it is. And it's like, is that how it is, or is that how you think it should be? Because, you know, for whatever reason growing up, you were told that, you know, you weren't X enough. So you gotta oh, you, you you're over pivoting. <laughs> you, you, you know what I'm saying? And it's like not saying it's everybody, but you know, it's there, and that's a conversation that needs to have. So it's like, you know, the more we can um 
especially us as men, is like go back into communities and talk to people and to bring people up and to let them know, hey, this is the path. You know what I mean? A lot of us didn't get that. And it's just that to let them know, like, you know, it's okay, like, you know, be casual. You can wear your, you know, get your Rick Ross beard and, you know, you can still work at a tech company, bro. Yeah, like, it's, it's okay to have your cornrows and rock some Allbirds, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. It took me a while to process that. That's how deep you're in. It took me a while to process that. The Allbirds? Yeah. I was like, oh, this shit. Yeah. You're deep in this shit. (laughs) I'm deep deep in the uh, the tech game. Uh, Bro, yeah, Allbirds is definitely like a staple. All right. Last question, though. Um, You know, as you you continue to think about your growth, right, because what you were saying is that it wasn't one specific moment that empowered you to be yourself. It was like this continuous journey. So as you continue to think about this journey moving forward, you know, what's one thing that continues to empower you to bring your authentic self to, to, to life? It's not satisfying, man. I see great people and I know I'm nowhere near that. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like I see, you know, I talk about, I see people in history that have accomplished like crazy stuff. And I'm just like, damn, how did they do that? You know what I mean? And it's just like, and people who are fearless, you know, that, you know, that FBI files, like I said, like, if you don't have the FBI file, you're not really doing nothing. Now, now are you, right? You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, they, certain people are just fearless and they move without fear and they don't let fear dictate. Cause we talked about that. And it's just that, um, what they always say is that like um, luck is preparation meets opportunity, right? So it's always about moving without fear, being prepared. And when the right opportunity comes up, then it's like, you know, uh, you, you jump on it, you know? And um, it's just not being satisfied, man. There was a time I was very much, I could have just let shit ride. Like my first job, I was just like, was watching 24 like old episodes of 24 and it's like every day was a new episode it was a new hour right so it's just like you just it was just easy right and you get like you know eat mcdonald's or some shit like that it's like yo i'm not doing anything <laughs> you know what i mean i'm not really doing anything it's just that. or like oh man like i had to stop watching more man. that was a big thing i had to really stop watching more from like from like high school all the way to like, I think it's been on forever for like, you know, my adult life. It was just on. It was just a way to pacify it. Like, Malcolm X, at least in the movie, I'll say, DB talks about like, you know, they, they put um, alcohol in Harlem to pacify you. They put drugs in Harlem to pacify you. You know what I mean? And then understanding that that pacification is death. You know what I mean? And it's just like, you don't want to be pacified. You always want to continue forward. You want to be intellectually curious. You want to understand how the world works. How all these things that we are talking about from like, uh, uh, you know, we're talking about world geography, history, and all this other shit. Like how these things work and how systems are created. And it's just like there's no time to rest, man. Got to keep going. 